big to five, ten, five or ten thousand people, and then the next night we might be playing in some dive bar to fifteen people, you know, and, and so we're kind of in this in between, you know, where we're we're bouncing back and forth. Um, so there's 15 people shows. What I like to do is I don't even make a set list anymore. I just go table to table. The smaller the crowd, the more I just start talking to people. I'm like, hey, what do you want here? So we might play Waylon Jennings. We might play Pantera. We might play Britney Spears all in the same show. The intersection of good drinks, good music, and good times. This is Hops and Spirits Bar Conversations. Happy belated birthday, America. I can't believe I forgot to say that last week. Shame on me. Uh, I hope everyone had a safe and happy 4th of July. I hope you drank responsibly like you always do. But I also hope you had some great conversation with friends, family, neighbors, because that's really what uh, I think some of these these holidays and times uh, are for and what we need more of. we got a great conversation for you this week as we talk with Frank Fletcher, country singer-songwriter. His latest single, Roland, is out now. And if you missed last week's episode with Brett Taylor, episode 150. That's when we debuted this whole fancy new thing. If you're watching on YouTube and Facebook, this new background and stuff around our, our videos. Uh, she was a blast. We also debuted something really fun last week called the four pack. I will read four of my favorite songs right now. So let's crack open another one. This week's four pack is boozy songs. Cause who doesn't love a little booze in the summertime? I mean, who really doesn't love it anytime? Uh, this first one is Hayden Kaufman, beer ain't cold playing George Jones and drinking beer. Does it really get any more country? than this. It's a fun combination. He always puts out great songs. Chase Mitchell, Strawberry Daiquiri's a little more subtle, uh, but perfect for some drinks. And who doesn't love a Strawberry Daiquiri? Uh, Especially when you're talking about maybe uh, something else there with your loved one. Jay Allen Jello Shot. This is a lot more fun than some of his other songs. He's having a lot of fun on this song. You can hear it come through through with a little bit more rocking. Also, these first three guys were all on the podcast, and maybe the fourth one that I'm going to mention here will be as well. David Adam Burns, Win in Rum. Sometimes you just need to mix it up. Win in Rum. I think it's a perfect song for the summer. And that's the four-pack for this week. Remember, drink responsibly. Up next is our conversation with country singer-songwriter Frank Fletcher. Enjoy. Did you know Hops and Spirits is more than just this podcast? Check out hopspirits.com for our latest episode release past episodes, interviews with interesting folks in the alcohol industry, and so much more. Just go to hopspirits.com. Feel free to wait until this podcast is done. Joining us here for our conversation, he's a country singer-songwriter. His latest single, Roland, is out now. Let's welcome in Frank Fletcher. How's it going, brother? It's good. It's good. Now, it's funny that, you know, sometimes I ask these questions beforehand, and and you learn things, and, and I learned that you have a stage name. Didn't know that. It just seems like that should be a regular name. So the the Fletcher was actually it's uh it's my mother's maiden name, and my my family owned a car garage for fifty years. So I started turning wrenches for my granddaddy when I was like eleven, and it was Fletcher's tire. It was my grandfather on my mom's side, and he was a police commissioner at one time. He was on city council, so everybody knew that was my granddad. I started working for him when I was like eleven. So unless you went to school with me, everybody just assumed that I was a Fletcher. And uh, Fletcher is a lot, lot easier than saying my German last name. So it just kind of stuck when I started doing country. Well, it, it seems to roll off the tongue. I think you can have fun with it. You, you know, maybe a fun little logo, all that that good stuff. And uh, so I think it works. Do, do, do people go, oh, it fits you too? Yeah, most people don't even realize that it's not my name. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, most people don't 
Don't even question it. I've actually had to get my real driver's license out in my hometown before I, before I was Frank Fletcher on stage to prove that I wasn't Frank Fletcher. So, you know, it's it was kind of like easier just to not fight and go with it. Well, there you go. There you go. Now, this is Spar Conversation, so I, I always have to ask this question. I've got a little whiskey tonight, little 15 stars triple cask. Uh, I know you just got back from running some errands, so I don't think you got a drink, but what's your go-to drink these days? Uh, I'm a simple guy. I still drink Jaeger. Uh, <laughs> if I'm going to do a shot, we still do Jaeger on stage. And, uh, you know, I just recently switched to Coors Light instead of, a, instead of another product that I used to drink. I like it. <clears throat> now, does the Jaeger help with the vocal cords? Does that warm them up or cool them it, down? It, it does. It well, it helps coat them. You know, <laughs> I mean, it, it really does. Jaeger has always kind of been my go-to. Like, if I know that I'm about to have to sing, like, I don't know, like an ACDC song or something, you know, I'll do a shot of Jaeger real quick, and it it kind of helps it hurt less. <laughs> I, I like that. I like that. And, you know, you got the name, you know, that's maybe not your name. Uh, you know, some might still think it is. And, and I enjoyed this post that you had the other day of uh, the doppelganger. Uh, so do you get a few other things uh, out there as uh, who you should be? My whole entire life I've gotten, you know who you look like? And I'm like, yes, not Frank Fletcher. Like, it's going to be somebody else. I mean, I've always joked at this point and said that, all white boys with long hair and beards look the same because it's it's always um, it's always somebody. It's always you know. I don't really see the the Jason Momoa thing, but a lot of people say that I look like him. Um, there's a show called uh, Animal Kingdom. Some guy named Craig on Animal Kingdom. Um, I was a lot bigger at one point in time. My hair was a lot more blonde. I got. Clay Matthews that used to play for the Green Bay Packers. Um, God, now, now, did you ever use that to your advantage? Because I, I, I'm thinking of the guy that looks like Luke Holmes. I don't know if you saw that viral video where he was like walking through the crowd and everyone thought it was was Luke, and they're like trying to take his picture and all that. Have you ever used it to your advantage? <laughs> I goofed off one time. We went to go see the the Trans Siberian Orchestra, and uh, the guitar player Angus had you know long long hair. I, I wore my hair down that day and I was in like a, a nice sport coat blazer, but I still had on my, my rock star bling on and uh, people were asking me to sign autographs and I, I just signed one real quick just to, just to be silly. But, uh, did you feel bad afterward? <laughs> yeah. So Angus, if you're out there, man, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I, I was going to say, you know, you got the hair and everything. How much effort goes into that? Because I feel like there's got to be a little bit of effort, or is it just pull it up and you're good to go? Um, for the longest time, I didn't like the man bun thing. And, and, and uh, I lived in, in Pensacola, Florida for about three years. And my wife loved, loved the man bun, always wanted me to try to do it. And then started playing all those beach gigs in August. Um, you know, now... You know, I'll, I'll still wear it down when I'm on stage, but honestly, uh, the lady that's cut my hair has been cutting my hair since I was a teenager, and she was like, you know, try not to wash it, but maybe once or twice a week. You know, I mean, if you, if you get really nasty, you know, you know, wash your hair, you know, two or three times a week, but but try not to wash it, but like once a week. So, honestly, if it's up, I mean, I I don't, I went a week straight without brushing it the the other day. I just you know just threw it up in in the bun and went, and then you know washed it conditioned it one time for the for the weekend for the show so my hair was down so i don't 
I probably spend less time on my hair than you do on yours. <laughs> That's true. That's that, that that is probably true. And and I like how it was your wife that said, you know, you got. I like the man bun, and you finally went with it. You know, I like sleeping in bed versus the couch. You know. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how the beard started for me. Uh, my wife like was like, I wonder what you'd look like. And it's been on my face for, I think, like 10, 12 years now. <laughs> and, and I don't think I'd ever, ever go away from it. And uh, so I, I understand, understand that to, to a degree, too. And and I enjoyed when reading up on you, I really enjoyed that uh, you knew you wanted to be an entertainer since you were like four. My parents basically said that I was an entertainer since I was like four. Like I was the, you know, look at me, look at what, look what I can do. Uh, watch this. And then the older I got, the more my parents were like, Hey, Frank, come here and, and do this or do that. Or, you know, so it just kind of, I've just always enjoyed, you know, entertaining. And, uh, that's still what we focus on when you come see one of our shows is, uh, is, uh, our entertainment the entertainment side of it. Um, I'm, you know, standing on tables and chairs and getting people and, you know, up from the crowd and, you know, just, just trying to make it as, as entertaining as in a crowd interact with this as possible. Um, so that's, that's actually where I, I feel like I shine. I feel like I'm a better front man entertainer than I am a singer, you know, well, so I, I was going to ask, you know, it's one thing to be an entertainer, but were you like singing songs back then or were you just showing off other skills for everything? <laughs> back then it was everything, all of it. You know, I, I, you know, for some reason, the way my memory works, you can give me a three digit code to save the world and ask me two weeks from now and we're all dead. But some silly movie quote or uh commercial from 10 15 years ago every word so a lot of it was you know commercial like just movie quotes and and you know reenacting scenes and, and stuff like that um, so and then i started taking guitar lessons when i was like 12 and uh you know started getting big into music my mom always liked liked music wasn't a musician or, or anything like that but we started going to concerts all the time um in a, every type of concert any type of concert i've seen aerosmith twice i've seen uh johnny lang and jimmy vaughn and bb king on the blue side of things i've seen share i've seen matchbox 20 i've seen seven dust kid rock metallica you know it just all of three doors down um just concerts and then you know, of course, as soon as you become a full-time musician, now you don't have time to see any concerts. You don't mm -hmm. get to, see, and unless you're playing that that festival or that show, or you happen to be there. Um, so. Well, I was going to say, when, what pushed you to learn the guitar? Because uh, you know, and like you said, you, you started learning at age twelve. Was it something you saw at one of the concerts that you're like, I want to do that? I, I mentioned seeing Johnny Lang um, back then the Disney channel was pushing musicians, young, young musicians really big. So the blues actually got me started and it was, it was Johnny Lank. He was, he was super young, you know, he was probably 14 or 15, but he was getting to play on stage with like guys like BB King and, and stuff. And, uh, he was all over the Disney channel. He was in the movie blues brothers, 2000. Um, 
in that. That's kind of what what got me. And and it's funny because the guy that I took guitar lessons from when I was twelve was was the leader of a blues band in our in our hometown area that was that was really popular then. So, um, so and then you know, of course, growing up in the South, you had all the country music. I mean, I'm from South Alabama, so you know, country music was there. Um, I'm a '90s alt rock kid myself, so. I loved all the nineties hot rock stuff. And then I got in a band and, and these guys were talking about doing Pantera and, and all these, you know, heavy groups. And I was like, who's, who's going to sing that? And they're like, you are. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> so they were like, no, you got it in you. So I, I wound up learning how to scream and growl and do all the heavy stuff. Um, and I did that for years, all the party rock, you know, from every genre, um, you know, I was he when I was younger. I was huge into Elvis. Elvis was another big, big idol of mine. So, um, about six years ago, five, five, six years ago is when I kind of stepped back, back into country music as a as a full time thing. And, and now all of our originals, you know, we we promote as country. Everything that we're releasing original wise is is country. And then it just depends on our our show um, where we're playing because we're at this level right now where we might go open for. Tyler Farr and have a an all original you know set and and open for somebody big to five ten five or ten thousand people and then the next night we might be playing in some dive bar to fifteen people you know and and so we're kind of in this in between you know where we're we're bouncing back and forth um, so those fifteen people shows what I like to do is I don't even make a set list anymore I just go table to table the smaller the crowd the more I just start talking to people I'm like hey what do you want to hear so we might play Waylon Jennings, we might play Pantera, we might play Britney Spears, all on the same show. I would love to hear that. <laughs> and yes, we play Britney Spears. <laughs> now, which 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 Britney Spears song? What what one were you playing there? We actually do a weird medley, and I don't know how we figured out how this fits. It was one of those in the practice room. Let's try this. Um, but we go from Backstreet Boys. Um, I want it that way. Straight into Britney Spears, Hit Me Baby One More Time. Into The Righteous Brothers, You've Lost That Loving Feeling. Back into Britney Spears. Was that like a happy accident? <laughs> it, it, well, it was goofing off, and we were like, you know what? Let's let's try it. And it, it, it works. I mean... It's funny when you have nothing but younger people out there and, and you go into the Righteous Brothers because they don't, they don't get it. But we play a lot of uh, family-friendly uh, venues and stuff like that. So it's funny to see, like, the kids sing this part and then all of a sudden the, the parents, you know, sing that other part. And they're both looking at each other like, what, where'd that come from? They learned something about, about each other the other that day. And, and like you said, you, you've had a lot of influences clearly. So, so where are some of those influences? Are they all over the map just cause you kind of loved a lot of music? They are. Um, they are, they are all over the map. Um, and it really honestly just depends on my, my mood. Um, you know, I've, I've always looked at music as, as a release for whatever mood you're in. So, I come over here and get my, my phone plugged in. It started saying it was going to die. Oh, we don't want that to happen. I, I actually did have that happen in a, in a previous interview. <laughs> so, so, so technology can be, be a ton of fun, fun there. 
and you know, like you you said, you you grew up in in South Alabama. <clears throat> so I'm guessing down that way, though. Like you said, you had the country, but you also probably had some rock, southern rock, all sorts of different things down that way. The the big turn, the big turn was, uh, you know, when like Brantley Gilbert, Jason Aldean, and all those guys started hitting really big. Um, a lot of the rock venues that we used to play that were on the circuit closed down and then a lot of them even rebranded as country so you know there i'm sure you go to matter of fact if you go to nashville right now and you walk down broadway you're not going to hear a lot of country music you're going to hear a lot of 90s alt rock um so i'm i'm sure that a lot of country artists started out as as rock you know rock singers rock musicians and and they had to transition the country because that's, I mean, it's just where the industry went. It, it's true. And, and honestly, there's a, I mean, you hear it today there, like you said, there's a ton of rock influence and even uh, the, the alternative country is kind of interesting. Uh, you know, the Manny blues and others of the world, uh, you know, whiskey Myers and all them that, that do some, some fun, fun things that a long time ago, like you said, probably would have been rock. Now I have to ask this too. You mentioned South Alabama. I saw this. Did you really grow up on dirt roads down there, though? <laughs> I personally did not live on a dirt road, but yes, every chance we got, we were on a dirt road somewhere or in the woods. Or, um, but you know, especially when you when you became sixteen, seventeen, I mean, you, you found dirt roads, um, and they're everywhere down here. Matter of fact, I was a mailman for about a year in my hometown and uh half of my route was dirt roads so, so you are a true country <laughs> but yeah uh, uh i just sold i had about five acres um that i just sold um less than a year ago and, and you know i had my tractor out there and, you know bush hogging and working on uh, on the property and we were you know looking at buying some livestock and stuff like that but um just with the travel you know, me traveling as much as I travel, um, it was the upkeep just wasn't worth it. So, but yeah, so it was, it was funny to see people comment and like I'd post, you know, me on the tractor or something. And they'd be like, it's weird to see a, a country artist actually doing country things, but. Hey, nothing wrong with that. And, and like you said, you're out on the road a lot. I mean, what, 150 plus shows a year. Is that kind of at minimum here? Uh, minimum we're usually closer to 200 uh two, 200 plus is kind of what we've been for the last about three years now um so we are we're definitely wide open um a matter of fact we're probably the exact opposite of what most artists have right now i think most artists are huge on on it you know social media they have a huge social media following and they don't play that often where we're out road dog and playing four five, six, seven nights a week. And yeah, social media is probably not as strong as, as it should be. Um, but I still do all my own booking and, uh, still do about 95% of all the driving and then, you know, loading in and sound checking and loading out. Um, so, you know, we, we just, uh, we're at a point now where we're finally starting to build the team. Um, I just signed with Burning Ground Entertainment out of Nashville. 
So they're, they're helping me with the social media side of management. And then I have a, a personal manager with a company called uh, Arise Entertainment. Um, so we're, we're finally starting to, to build a, a team around us where we can kind of focus on all, all aspects. Because uh, when you're on the road, you're just, honestly, you're focused on surviving and playing the show. I was going to say, what's it like to, to travel that much? Because like you said, nowadays, that's not a normal thing. You know, like the days of Zach Brown, you know, doing kind of what you're doing and then finally taking off doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> I'm hoping I'm hoping it's still going to happen. <laughs> um, I mean, it, it we're we're full time. We're full time career musicians. None of us have day jobs. So if we're not playing. We're not out making money by making music then our bills aren't getting paid. Um, so, um, and, and we just, we just like to, to play. I mean, um, like I said, me, I'm, I lean more toward the entertainer side of it. So, um, that person to person connection, seeing, seeing like, a, we just had the, the single really wrote, you mentioned Roland. We just had the relief party for it and it was a family friendly, um, event. And before I even got on stage, these families came up and they, there was probably about six, six little kids. And they were like, they, it's their first concert. They've never seen anything like this. So, you know, I took pictures with them. I gave them some like little merch type stuff and everything. And the first couple of songs, there was one of the little girls that was just standing at the stage. She wasn't dancing. She wasn't singing along. She wasn't bop. She just, her eyes were as big as saucers and she was just mesmerized, you know, and to me, that was the highlight of the night for me, was just seeing something click in somebody else. Um, you know, there was a, a, a couple shows ago, a guy came up and requested a song and, and I said, OK, and we, we played it. Next thing I know, he's got his 70, probably 75, 80 year old mother out on on the dance floor. And they're both crying as they're dancing to this song. And he came up to me afterwards. He was like, my dad just died three weeks ago and he used to play guitar and he would sing that song to my mom and you know so it's it's stories like that that and you you'll have one or two of those stories at almost every show no matter how big or small um that's the type of stuff that keeps me going that's that's what really makes it connect for me i was gonna say i mean the the being on stage part and being whether it's entertaining or just being able to, to connect, what's is that just your favorite part? Is just being able to truly connect with folks? Because, like you said, it's one thing for them to listen to your song on on Spotify or, or wherever, which you're thankful for, I, I, I know. But it's another thing for them to see it, hear something that takes them someplace and trans, you know, take takes them back to a different time. Yeah, that's uh, like I said, seeing seeing the lights come on in somebody's eyes or or seeing somebody really connect with something. I mean, that's to me, that's what it's all about. Well, and, and, and you talked about this too. You, you've also gotten to open for, for some big folks. You know, you mentioned Tyler Farr, Daryl Worley, and that there's others. What's it like to go to that type of show uh, versus say those, those smaller venues? Mm, I mean, it honestly depends on the show. Um, you know, I've got to open for some, some big names where the show was just amazing and, and just reignites you as, your hunger as a musician and, and trying to get to the next level. And then I've, I've opened for some and been at some shows where I'm like, ah, you know, like, eh. but same thing with little shows. I mean, I, I've played, I have pulled up to places before and gone, 
oh no, what did I just book us at? You know, kind of one of those, I mentioned Blues Brothers earlier, but you're one of those slime booked us in here as a bluegrass band kind of things. And those have actually been some of the best shows, best people, you know, most fun crowds. Um, so you, you just, you know, being a full-time musician and, and trying to live this life, that you just got to roll with the punches and, and go with the flow and be flexible and, and try to enjoy the, the journey. Uh, you know, we're really, really close to, to kind of getting over that, that next, you know, getting on that next rung and, and that's what we're really working towards, striving towards and, and, and hoping. So anybody out there's listening, go, uh, go to Spotify, go to Apple music, go to any of your streaming platforms, download, uh, Roland. But, uh, well, I was going to say, we'll, we'll get into rolling here in a second, but I'm always curious about this, too, because you, you talk about being able to, to perform and, and play different songs. You know, is are, are your originals all your favorites to kind of perform? Or is there always that one that just, you know, that, you know, every artist does a cover or, or whatever these days, no matter what, that they just love to perform? Is there one of those songs out there that you just love to get on stage and, and be able to, to share with folks? Oh, man, there's so many. There's so many good songs out there. And, and like I said, I, I come from so many different backgrounds. Uh, um, but personally right now, I mean, as, as far as musicians go and everything, Cody Jenks is one of my favorites. So, um, you know, loud. a matter of fact, there was a video of me doing Loud and Heavy, and I think it's on my YouTube page, but we were playing in Enterprise, Alabama at the City Festival. And um, it was on one of the bigger stages, and it was right when I – first switched over to country and that song it probably just came out matter of fact if i listen back to it i don't even think i sang the words right um but hearing me do that song was kind of one of the first like real like i could i could do this as a career type moments um so that song loud and heavy by cody jenks is always going to be a little you know kind of special for me because it was kind of like that first like Okay, I could I could really truly do this. Well, I was gonna say there there's a difference for for folks that that may not understand of of just playing gigs on the weekend or whatever, and then and then doing it full time and being able to be successful at it. And you know, you guys have been able to do that because clearly you're getting you're getting gigs, you're playing, you're making some good music too. I, I do have to ask though, you use the hashtag Swamp Rock. What in the world is Swamp Rock? We had one song. Um, I, I don't even know. I think the producer came up with Swamp Rock. Um, but it was just, it was rock, it was blues, it was country, it was all of it kind of at the same time. It kind of had a dirty, dirty sound to it. Um, I think the producer started calling it Swamp Rock and it just kind of, kind of stuck. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> but yeah, it was just it was just a I don't know how else to say it other than like this this dirty backwoods swampy sound. So I was gonna say there's something beautiful about that. So, you know, when you get to mesh things like that, some some good things can happen. And you know, we talked a little bit about your your release uh, for Roland, which is out now. And what was it like to kind of put that song together and and get that song out? We and I say we as 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 my band, um, we're super stoked about Roland and all our upcoming releases that we have. Um, like I said, I was kind of new to the country scene, 
Um, so I would go to Nashville and I'd co-write and I got their co-write with some really awesome people and I, I still stay in touch with them and, and everything, but I didn't know what direction to go because country is such a wide variety of, of country now. So my first EP that I released, if you listen to the whole work, every song on it was a different style of country. And I was trying to kind of figure out where we, you know, where we would fit in. It honestly didn't help at all. <laughs> you talk to, you know, this group of 20 people and they like that song. You took to this group and they like that song. So, um, but this, this EP that we're getting ready to release all of these new songs that we're, we're releasing, including Roland, um, were primarily written by me my guitar player and my drummer. Um, so we, we've kind of found what direction we wanted to go, our sound, kind of our, our vibe, and they're all more cohesive. So we're, we're super excited about, about the stuff um, just because I feel like we have a direction now. I was going to say, I mean, how difficult is it to, to kind of fi find your sound? Because I've, I've, I've talked to others and, you know, a lot of them say what you, you say. Once they found themselves, then things clicked even more. And that's when they had more fun, more success, and just all around things went a lot better. Well, you know, as, I mean, most people that are out playing for a living, you start as a cover band. You know, I mean, I, I mean, the bars around here, I mean, most bars they're not going to book an all original band. They want cover bands and that's how you kind of make money to be able to do it as a career. And then you slowly start sticking one original in here, or two originals in, and then all of a sudden you get people requesting your originals. And, and, and so you can kind of grow it. At least that's the way we, that was our, our business model is, um, but so for years and years and years, I was, I was doing cover songs. I wasn't being me. I wasn't trying to sound. I wasn't. I, I didn't have my sound. I was trying to sound like whatever we were covering. Um, so you're right. Like as soon as, as soon as I was, I, I was able to kind of find a direction. Now I feel like things are, are really, you know, catching and clicking. And, and um, but it, it was hard. It was it was hard. And like I said, I I released a whole album of of basically guessing. You know, I mean. I liked every song on that album, but which direction do you go? You know, I mean, it it literally went from like a Brantley Gilbert sounding song to a Penny Chesney sounding song to, you know, I mean, you you got you can't be a country band without one of them slow, sappy, tear jerking ones. So you know, there's one of those on there. Um, so, you know, now I think. When somebody listened to Roland the other day and they described it, and I, I really kind of like this, and I'm sticking with it, is they said it was like Cody Jenks and Jason Aldean kind of had, had, and so, and that was actually kind of what I was going for. Like I, I love all the Texas stuff that's out right now. I love the Texas country, the red dirt stuff, um, but I was still wanting it to be more radio friendly because you know, a lot of those Texas guys don't get played on the radio. <laughs> or outside of Texas anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. But I mean, you could be a superstar in Texas and never have to leave the state. Like true. Um, so, and then I do have a, a, you know, a rock background. So there's, there's definitely a little, a little rock twist on everything we do. 
Well, and you, and you touched on this, you know, that that you've got new music coming. So without getting yourself in trouble with any of your folks, <laughs> your, your folks, uh, so there there is new music coming down, down the road leading to an EP. Is that right? Just keep your eyes filled. It's going to be sooner than later. I like it. That's a that's a that's a good tease. And and you talk about writing. What what's it like for you when you go to write a song? Is it an idea that you you've just kind of come up with? Is it real life experience? Is it a kind of a medley of of both? It took me a long time to to learn how to write just to write. So for years and years and years, everything I wrote it had to be an emotional experience. It had to be something from, um, but going to Nashville and co-writing with these guys that do it for a living. You know, it it helped me. So certain songs, of course, are, are going to be still rooted in your emotions. And, and it was something that you're pouring out on paper. Um, but like Roland, not one of those songs. Roland, we were, summertime was coming around and we we're like, man, there hasn't been a good summertime party banger, you know, released in a, in a long time. So, you know, we sat down and that's kind of our. Now it came off of real life. I mean, we was talking about getting off of work on Friday. Like I said, I turned wrenches in my granddaddy's car garage. I was working 80, 90 hours a week. So by the end of the week, my drummer, um, he worked as a mechanic at a logger company, you know, working on log trucks and stuff. So, you know, by the end of the week, we were ready to get the heck out of there and, and you know, go drink a few beers and, and blow off some steam. And that's kind of what rolling is all about is, is, you know, how you would do that around i mean you get off of work and go try to pick up whatever girl you were seeing or dating or your girlfriend at the time and then you know you usually find in the dirt road to to tear up and, and drink some beer um i think that's that's about as southern you know true life southern as you can get um so yeah i mean it came from real experiences but it wasn't a super emotional song uh we were writing it for for summer i mean it was it was just um but but we've got some songs coming out on a cp that that truly came you know from an emotional standpoint so um it just i think you know as you mature as a musician and mature in life you have more to draw from and you have different ways to look at things so it becomes easier to write from that aspect harder for us to write with our schedule um, <laughs> yeah i was gonna say uh 200 to, i mean that only leaves like th- you know a couple months out of the year to do any any writing <laughs> well plus you know you got to pay the bills and grocery shop and cut the grass and keep the families happy and uh you know so i mean you know you just start writing in the car you put the phone down and, and you record right how many notes do you have on your phone of, of ideas <laughs> right now if i open up my notes i probably have about 14 or 15 songs where there might be there might be a verse there might be a chorus there might be three lines um and i think everybody in my band right now has that same thing going on in their phone like uh matter of fact roland our our drummer came to us with this this course he was like i just i wrote it last night like I, i just came up with this chorus and then we we wrote the song around it you know, in, in one session. Um, there's other songs that I've, I've released where 
I came up with an idea or a couple of lines and it, it might be two years later before I circle back around to it and, and have anything to, to do with that. So, um, it's just a process. Um, and, it, and you know, the best to me, the best songs that we've released are the ones that just kind of snap together. The ones that, you know, 15, 20, 30 minutes and you're like, Whoa, we're done. Um, but it's just cause they built organically. So there's just that, that feel to them. Well, and, and like you said, it, it doesn't hurt that you guys have, have kind of found your 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 voice and, and your sound that that you want to do. And, and like you said, you got some new music coming up. Stay tuned. Like you said, that's a good tease. I, I, I like that. So someone's been working with you on, on that one. And uh, what else can folks expect from you the, the rest of the year? You know, we're a little over halfway through, and and uh, I'm yeah. guessing more shows. <laughs> Lots more shows. Um, we're actually getting ready the end of the end of July. So like just this weekend, we've got, uh, I don't even know where we're playing Friday. I'd have to look back at the calendar, but we, we play Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday for 4th of July weekend. So that's a five-day run. Um, but the end of July, we're going to be in Minnesota for two days, and then we go to Sturgis for Sturgis Bike Rally. So we'll be there for Sturgis for two weeks, and then we'll catch Deadwood, South Dakota um, for a week on the way out. Um, but like last year for Sturgis, we crammed like 31 shows in 18 days. We took two of everything. We had two drum sets, two guitar rigs, two bass amps. And, and we would literally like just leave something stashed at one venue and all but to the other and set that up real quick. Um, I was going to say, I looked at the tour schedule and I was like, there's a way you could do like 400 shows in a year with the way you book. <laughs> and see, like I said, I do all my own booking. So when I'm booking, I'm in booking mode. I'm in management. Let's route this. Let's make money. Let's let's squeeze this and squeeze that. And then when I get out on the road and I'm doing it, I'm like, who booked this? They need to be beat. <laughs> you need to fire them. <laughs> yeah. And my guys are just looking at me like, holding on for dear life you know um but no i mean we we've we've been extremely blessed to have as many you know shows as, as we do and and uh seem to be even through COVID, even through COVID and everything over the last three three years or so it seems that we're just continuously you know kind of climbing the ladder a little bit by a little bit and i know it's you know, in this industry, everybody's an overnight success. They just forgot about the 20 years it took them to get there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, everybody looks at everybody like, oh, they're just an overnight success. And they're like, no, this, this guy's been out busting his butt for, you know, 10, 15 years. Um, so we're constantly just one song away, one show away, one phone call away. And, and we're just, just building, trying to build as much as we can as we go. Well, you're, you're definitely doing something right. I don't think you would get that many shows in that many places without doing something right. And, and the songs that I've been able to hear, Rolling Midnight Makes Me Crazy, uh, are all great. And, and Frank, I, I appreciate you sharing your story. While you didn't get to share a drink with me, I, I shared one with you. Hey, I was going to say, take one for me. Um, <laughs> but it won't be I'll, Jaeger. <laughs> I'll, I'll, catch, I'll catch up with you this weekend. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll drink a couple extra for you. I, I appreciate that. And, and Frank, man, thanks so much. Thank you, man. It was a pleasure.
talking to you. Find more from Hops and Spirits at hopspirits.com. Thanks, everybody. Bye.